and it starts to become turned from a filament into a little thread and from proclivities to enjoy the material world are are accumulated or i should say in the, in the active voice we accumulate these kinds of connections to the material world birth after birth and then in the 11th canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam there's a section where the four Kumaras are contemplating how it is that living entities get so attached to the material world and to answer their question Hamsavatar appears the form of a swan and he says that does Hamsavatar that there's a way in which the the sense objects are embedded in the mind and the um, <clears throat> we're actually we have a kind of intrinsic connection with the external world through the agency of the mind so that's why when a little baby is born it's inevitable that it will open its eyes and then become aware of the external environment and then start to develop connections to it in very particular ways. There are already impressions there within the subconscious mind that impel every jiva in this world to try to connect to the material world in a particular way. That's called karma, incidentally. Patanjali explains this in the Yoga Sutras that karma means being impelled in the present moment because of our previous activities. In other words, I did something in the past that created an impression in my mind. And now uh, I'm being forced by that. Now, of course, people think they're making free choices. This is illusion. In the Bhagavad Gita, Krishna says, Prakriti kriyamanani gunai karmani sarvasha. Ahankara vipundatma kartaham iti manyate. He says something astounding. He says, you're not doing anything. It's being done by the three modes of material nature because of the way in which you've positioned yourself here through your association life after life purusha prakriti stohi bhunte prakriti jangunan karanam gunasangosya sarasadyoni janmasu krishna confirms this in the 13 chapter 22nd verse of the bhagavad-gita where he says that because of various associations in the material world you've developed a, a particular disposition and therefore you're taking on good and bad so-called, I mean, it's all relative in the world, it's all bad, it's manodharma, taking on various up and down positions here in this material world. So then I think I'm making a free choice. I like jazz. Well, that's not a free choice, actually. It's, it's a samskar in your mind. Maybe you picked it up from your parents who played jazz records when you were having pancakes on Sunday morning. Maybe you got it from your last life. But it's, it's an impression that is impelling you to pick a particular aspect of material nature and say, this is mine, this is for me, I like this, I like that. And we move in this world as a way we're being pushed by the material nature. So this is what Krishna says in the verse, that it's kartaham iti manyate, a person who's ignorant thinks I'm doing it, but actually it's being done by the material nature, being forced to do it. So then when I try to interact with the sense objects in the material world, which is uh, inevitable, we find this in the third canto Srimad Bhagavatam in the section of Kap Kapiladev. He's describing to Devahuti the situation of a fortunate soul, fortunate in the sense that, that he comes to full consciousness a little uh, jiva who's in the womb. And of course, this, as you'll, all of you know, that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu explained the same uh, uh, phenomena to his mother, Sachi. But in any case, Kapiladev says that the, the child, the jiva within the womb, then after some weeks, starts to develop a body. And then at a particular juncture, becomes aware of his own, using the pronoun his, just for convenience, his um, existential situation. Here I am, I'm in a womb. And then, says Kapiladeva, he realizes that I've taken many births in many wombs. And then he realizes that I'm in the womb and he knows what's going to happen. That as soon as 
I'm forced to leave the birth channel, there'll be a traumatic experience and I'll come out into the world and I'll be captured again by the external energy. So what happens actually is while the child's in the womb, it's in a liminal state and the senses are internalized. However, as soon as he comes out of the birth channel, there's this external connection that the living entity develops between the mind and the external sense objects. They're, inter they're intertwined, actually. He already has that sangha, that connection. Sa-anga means, like, this is an anga of my body. And there's already that anga. So little baby grows up, and then it becomes more and more manifest what those sanghas are uh, with the external energy. Everyone has his or her own particular nature in relationship to the material body and the material environment. So this perpetuates the search for happiness through the senses. But it's not to be. It's impossible because, as Krishna says in the Bhagavad Gita, this is an intelligent person doesn't pursue this route because he or she knows that there's beginning and end to this kind of happiness. And Prabhupada gives these graphic examples. Of course, there's the Bengali saying that he quotes quite frequently, and that is, I built this beautiful house for my enjoyment, and now it is burned to the ground. The end. End of story, kids. You can all go home. You know, that's it. Can we read a story? Yes. They build a beautiful house for their enjoyment, and it burned to the ground. Johnny, now let's go home. <laughs> it's all over. That's all you get. That's all we get, little jivas in the material world. And think about it. Everything turns into ashes here, right? Whatever you have, and think of it as value, sooner or later, at a high enough temperature, it'll just burn to ashes. It's like, hey, what happened? It's like, there was nothing here in the first place, actually. You're just faked out by the external appearance of all these things but there's nothing here for you so krishna says the external this connection we have the sangha that we have with the external sense objects through the mind is not uh, fruitful he says it, it actually leads to misery little sparrow banging its head over and over again so how does this relate to Amashakti's point? She said the pandemic's been good to her because it, it got her into this rhythm of chanting her rounds early in the morning and feeling happiness. So this is where real happiness comes from. So Hamsa Avatar said, we can't detach ourselves from the sense objects, but we can detach ourselves from the mind. So it's a subtle but very important and interesting point. In other words, you may try, it's like, I'll pull away from the external world. He says, no, the object is to realize your independence from the mind itself. And he says, this is called shakshi, or being a witness. And shakshitva means to be in a state of witnesshood. You're observing the mind. You're seeing how it's working. Krishna describes the ocean is always being filled with, especially in the rainy season, with rivers are rushing in, rains pouring down, so much as billions of gallons a second coming down and the ocean stays the same. So he said a self-realized person is able to detach from the mind in shakshitva and see there's, I'm not the mind. Actually, it's going on, it's making its sanghas with the, with the world, but I'm not, I'm not that. I'm something else. I'm witnessing that. Then, of course, through the bhakti yoga process, we get chaito darpanamarjana. The mind actually becomes cleansed. The mind is called the chitta. That's why Chaitanya Mahaprabhu says chaito darpanamarjana. The chitta means actually the aggregate of the mind, the intelligence, and the ahankar, the ego. That's our subtle body, as we say. And in the subconscious mind. It's the psychological body that we take with us one birth after another. Just like if your iPhone breaks, you don't really get too disturbed because you just say, I've got a new iPhone. Well, what about all the stuff? I, I transferred it. I just transferred it to the next one. 
So Krishna says the same thing, Shariram Yaravapnoti Yashchat Yupramatishvara, Grihit Vaitani Samyati Vayur Gandami Vashayat. That the, we're carrying this subtle body from one uh, physical body to the next. You got the same settings, basically, when you get to the next uh, piece of hardware. Like somebody said, don't look at me just like a piece of hardware. <laughs> so I got. That's what we do, sir. Uh, but <laughs> but uh, then he says that the, the educated, those who are educated in the process, they know that ukramantam stitam vapi bunjanam vagunan bitam vimunananapashanti pashanti gyanachakshusha. Ukramantam, that death means you're just utkramanta, ukrama means you're just stepping out. Where'd he go? He just stepped out. He missed him. It's gone. Went to the another, another destination. And he said, so Krishna says, Vimura Nanapashanti. The very uh, ignorant people can't see that. They just think, oh my God, he's gone. And when Yamaraj comes for Suyagya, after the king died, everyone was crying, saying, he's gone. And he said, what are you talking about? He came in the form of a little boy. He was one year younger than you, Yamaraj appeared. So you can imagine if I, he was like. What? Yeah, he came as a five-year-old boy. So you're six. Yeah. So you can imagine a boy, a bai's one year, Hare Krishna Devina Prabhu, one year younger than a bai, and he comes and he says, He's not gone. He's right there. Same hands, same legs, same eyes, everything same. Same, same, as they say in India. And they say, who are you, little boy? And he said, I'm here the one to teach you that you never saw your husband in the first place. He came, left, and you never saw him. And now you're weeping over something you never saw. So that doesn't make any sense. So Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, First of all, you can control the senses by this, by knowledge, but then you have to purify the citta, ceto darpana marginum, and the chanting of uh, the Hare Krishna mantra, the process of bhakti yoga cleanses the, the subtle body. And so there's a way in which uh, the samskars that are already there are overwritten by spiritual samskars. Just as, as in computer programming, there are programs and they can be overwritten. Engineers? Anyone? Not in Silicon Valley anymore? Okay, yes, thank you. <laughs> and uh, you can overwrite them, right? And the other ones just sort of disintegrate. The new one takes precedence and comes into place. So similarly, we create new samskars. And it's not that we then become unattached to anything. We still have the same ambitions, same desires for enjoyment, but now we can experience them in, a, in, a, in reality, as we're actually connecting to the substance and not, not just the reflection of the form of it all. So what Atmashakti said by, and shows by your example, you know, getting up early, chanting your rounds early in the morning, and developing that attachment for that process, being very respectful of it, and hearing the, the, the name of Krishna. This is the, uh, the main means to purify the, the mind. It's a, it's a vibration that is n not from this world. And Prabhupada mentions that if you listen and you hear that it is, uh, you may become intrigued by it and notice that you've never heard anything like it before. Then uh, you may lose track of time also, that I'm chanting, but I'm not. It, it's a good sign. And also it's a good sign too. If you come to the end of your prescribed rounds, like you're pulling down your beads and you realize that you came to 16 and you think, oh, I don't want to stop now. 
which is better than pulling down one and thinking, oh no, I have 15 more to go. <laughs> this is kind of in the f flow of the mind, but if, if we can become absorbed in, in these transcendental sounds and find happiness, Krishna says this in the fifth chapter of the Bhagavad Gita, the one who can find happiness from within becomes a truly fortunate to take shelter of that, like Atma Shakti's doing early in the morning and feeling kind of peace. It's interesting also that the, a conditioned mind gets used to distraction. It's a kind of, uh, it's not enjoyment actually, but it's, it's what I'm used to. And for instance, somebody goes to a beautiful place and it's like, what are we gonna do now? It's like, why don't you just sit here for a while? <laughs> You know, let's do something. Can we, like, did you bring some golf clubs or something we can do uh, other than just be here? It's very difficult to, um, well, it takes work, practice, to actually appreciate non-distraction. Yes? Well, Krishna was very kind in a lot of different ways in this aspect. Because in L.A., all over the place, things slowed down. The air in Los Angeles became clear. It was very quiet for a long period of time during the shutdown, and it was very, very conducive to sadhana. I mean, um, praying for everyone and things to get better in this awful pandemic, but at the same time, it was, it was a rare opportunity, because I'm not on top of a mountain, I'm not living in the country, I'm right in the middle of a big city, and the city was quiet. And I could think, and I could, I could do my sadhana, but everything was there. And, and because I had that taste, which I hadn't had before, because I was just too busy, too many interactions, relatives, going here, going there. But because I had the taste where none of that was happening, it stayed with me, and, and it's expanded. So, I have to show that I'm smiling. <laughs> It's the way we express ourselves a lot in response to what somebody's saying. But we don't get to see it nowadays. Like, are you smiling or are you frowning? I can't tell. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like a reset button that um, we had an opportunity, the whole world, all at the same time, to uh, take a break. I remember when it first, f first reports came out, animals were coming in into the city going, hey, what happened? Where'd you guys go? <laughs> but it, it is a frantic pace. Prabhupada used to point that out. The frenetic nature of uh, running from one place to the next. Are you okay back there? You can, if you're comfortable, you, there's chairs here available. Please come. So let's see if there's any uh, reflections or questions. Reflection means anything. Yes, move the truth. Handy question. So he's saying that he's gone from a, he used to have a cookie and now he's dovetailing and have burfi instead. Oh, He's describing, I'm just repeating this because if we're recording, people online probably can't hear you. Um, he's talking about the way in which he considers the, the love and devotion with which devotees cook the burfi, and it's a different experience than eating like an ordinary cookie. Right. right. So just appreciating that and dovetailing that, uh, my sweet tooth. Dovetailing sweet tooth towards prashanam. Yeah. And then, of course, this is an important principle. Krishna describes in the Bhagavad Gita Vishaya Vinivartante Niraharasa Dehina Rasavarjam Rasopyasya Param Drishvan Nivartate. That at first, he says, if you're living a regulated life, you're, in your mind you may be thinking that, oh, I wish I had it anyway. 
like, you know, please, could I have one? But he says, once you get a higher taste, then the lower taste disappears. You just drop it and you're already on a higher platform. And so what Mukta Shri Prabhu was pointing out is an important principle. It's not that we're negating anything, but we're transferring, we're upgrading, upgrading to something that's better. And what's better is those things that are in connection with Krishna. For instance, um, just the, the, the sense, that is S-C-E-N-T-S, sense that, that one experience, Hare Krishna, see I don't recognize everyone. <laughs> Uh, at first, good to see you. You know, with that black mask, it looks like a beard. So you look kind of like a sage from the Himalaya. You have a sage-like quality anyway, but when you do that, it really looks like it. Once when I was in New York City, we were in front of the New York Public Library. The first place in America where Prabhupada's books ended up before he came to America. And I was with my godbrother Kashi Ram and we were distributing books out there and he was really into giving Mahaprasadam to people, like right from the altar. So he'd always bring a little container with Radha Govinda Burfi. And uh, you know, he, he, he'd take it with, of course nowadays people look at you funny, He'd just take it with his hand, here, take this, uh, just strip it. He, he had so much faith in Mahaprasadam also, he wanted everybody to have some. So we were standing on one hot summer day outside there, and there was a European family, very friendly, husband, wife, two kids, and the two kids had gigantic ice cream cones. And the man, very friendly, he had just purchased a book or two from... Uh, my godbrother, and then he pulled out the burfi and said, here, take this. And he handed a piece to each one of the kids. And it, it was, it was uh, rag, ragatmika bhakti. They, they didn't calculate it. They just took the burfi and dropped their ice cream cones in the garbage can spontaneously, and they took the burfi. I, I always thought of that when this transfer from one thing to the next. It's like, this is no... Somehow they sensed this was better, you know, looked nicer to them. They took it. Yeah, so it's important to get a higher taste because just philosophy won't do it. You actually have to experience something. So in the Upadeshamrita, Rupa Goswami mentions this, that Niyamagraha, don't just do it just to do it, but you should actually get something. You should walk away with a taste. Somehow organize your life and get association and do pray for it, beg for it, so that you can get even one drop of taste. And if, if we get that, it's the most valuable thing, because then it's natural that we'll start pursuing that more and more. We'll know that it's real. Thank you, Mukta Chirit. Any reflections or questions? Yes. Madhava, Sri Madhava Mahotsava Prabhu. I was just reflecting on, you were talking about like getting a higher taste. He's mentioning the principle of the higher taste. Yeah. And how the mind can um, you know, be attached to some sense object. And how the mind can be attached to some sense object. Just the mind being attached. I was just reflecting, I was thinking there are like, there are sometimes examples of devotees who have done lots of service. There's examples, there are examples of devotees who have done lots of service. And, and or like, let's say two devotees, and one may um, somehow or other, you know, have some sort of a, a attachment for the material. And one, one, two devotees, Doing service, one might have a, a specific attachment to the material nature. Yeah, like an anarta. An anarta. And another one may just be fully able to, you know, get the taste of Krishna consciousness. And, and the other one may, the other person may get a full taste for Krishna consciousness kind of naturally. So, so is there like a, a, a part, like, I, I was thinking of, you know, like, maybe 
also it just depends on Krishna's mercy as well. Like, you know, and it depends. Does it just depend on Krishna's mercy as well? That you know, if, if both are trying and both have done a lot of service. If both are trying and both done done a lot of service. How is it that one may still be attached to the material world and the other one just makes advancement in devotional service? Krishna's mercy is there, it seems like, in one, but what about the other? Well, in the Gita, Krishna says, Yesham tunta katam papam jananam punya karmanam te dunva mohanir mukta bhajantimam dridavrta. That those who have already reached some level of Sattva. They're much uh, drier tinder. When the spark of Krishna consciousness lands for them, they could, you see a conflagration almost immediately because of they're, they're, they're ready for it. This comes up in the beginning of the seventh canto of the Srimad Bhagavatam. The question is by Prikshit Maharaj, why does it seem like some people get a lot of mercy and other people's don't? So he said, you know, it seems like Vishnu is always helping the demigods. Why does he always help the devas and not, you know, he smashes the demons instead? And Shrikadeva says, no, that's not it. Actually, he's equal to everybody. And in fact, Krishna says it himself. I don't hate anybody. I'm equal to everybody. They're all parts and parcel of him, you know. If your finger has a little sore in it, you know, hate your finger. You just like, you treat it like as best you can, like any other part of your body. However, Prabhupada gives this example, which helps to understand what Shukadeva Goswami is expressing in this section of the Bhagavatam, and that is that people go to school and they have the same teacher, but some students, they take advantage. Like I just heard this from Ananda Murari, he finished college recently, and I talked to him on the phone, I said, how was it? He said, well, here's my realization. It's that <clears throat> education is what you make of it. You can go to best school in the world, but if you put your feet on the desk and lean back and start snoring, you're not going to learn. But in the same way, the teacher is giving, but then how much does the student take advantage of it? And so he says, Shukadev does, that if somebody is in sattva, like the devas are in sattva, then they're able to extract more from the Lord. They're, they actually are open to his mercy. If the sun gives vitamin D and all kinds of nice nutrients by being in the sun, not too much, but just enough, but you go in your house and close all the windows and close the shades, then you're not going to get any vitamin D. So it, it, there is a case for the continuum of those who are continuing from a last life. Krishna talks about it in the sixth chapter of the Gita, that if somebody's been practicing already, they have poor vasamskar. They already have a previous impression from association and practice in their last life. So they're able to take it up more readily than other people who are just starting. It's all good. Krishna's happy. Anybody, Sway Sway Adhikarya Nishta Saguna Parikirtitan, Bhagavatam 11th Canto, he says that uh, act according to your nature the where you, where you are now, because it's an unlimited process. That there's no end point. So wherever you start, that's okay. But just start according to what you can do now. But yes, there are ways that you put two people together and one may become um, apparently more advanced than the other who gets spaced out. And sometimes people fool you because it also depends on Krishna's mercy, but it depends a lot also on the person's heart and intention because Krishna notices that more than anything. Tesham satata yuktanam bhajatam pritipurvakam tadami bhuti yogam tam yenamam upadi ayantite. You may be the most apparently unqualified person in the world, but because you're sincere, somehow or other you have that desire that, please, Krishna, I want to be part of this. He may just open the door for you. And we saw so many mercy cases walk in the door. They, in ISKCON, still do, and um, I'm one of them. So nobody can complain, like, who let that guy in? It's like, who let you in? <laughs> that guy shouldn't be here, neither should you. 
or anybody else. So, you know, Krishna gives, gives a special mercy, but especially for those who really want it. Somehow, they, somebody develops some sincerity, and then this question of like, you know, where does it come from? Well, it's a very interesting point. I mean, yes, there are previous samskars. There's very much, it's, uh, Rupa Goswami mentions this in the Bhakti Samrita Sindhu, that when somebody becomes attracted to pure devotional service, then it's a given that he or she has had association with Vaishnav sometime because there's this agyata sukriti that comes from association with a, a devotee. And then, you know, when you have enough of that, what's called bhakti mukhi sukriti, then there's a way that Prabhupada describes your, your heart is like a bank account. And when you have enough credits, you have enough, you've filled it up enough, then you can purchase Krishna. You gotta, you gotta fill it up, a bit. <laughs> fill the bank up a little bit, then you can get it. But if you read 1866, Krishna says, Surrender unto me, I'll take care of everything else, don't worry about it. Modern translation. And so then Prabhupada says in his purport that. What have I? What can we do? Song and dance? More music? I can entertain. You're being very good. All day I've seen you're good. And I'm really glad to see you. So, I forgot what I was saying. Yeah, Sarvanarm Vritya so he says there that anyone at any time can decide to surrender. It's the nature of a living entity. Just because you have conditioning doesn't mean that you can't change your mind. It's like, no, nah, I changed my mind. I'm going to opt out. There's an opt-out card you can sign at any time. So you want to sign it? Mm, I don't think so. I just want to be an advanced, you know, so-called. So you give it to somebody else who looks like they're the worst off person, the runt of the litter. Like, what happened to you? I don't know, you want to sign this? I'll sign it. And then, Kirata Hurandar Pulintapul Kashab Hirashumba Yavana Kasadaya Yene Chapapa Yarapashraya Shraya Shudyanti Tasmai Prabhavishnavinama. This is the theme of the Bhagavatam throughout. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's teachings, which are the Bhagavatam. He says, doesn't matter who you are, you can be from the from the dregs of the earth. And if you decide to take shelter of Krishna then you become a great soul. You get elevated to that point. Praladmar is saying that if somebody who's a dog eater, Shopachad means actually dog cooker. If people go home for Thanksgiving, what are we having? Dog again? Uh, but it's your favorite kind. And so she says, Swapacha. They're a Swapacha. Uh, but they're sincere and they say, Yeah, I'm, I'm a devotee of Krishna. I mean, what's saying, that's, the, that's, the, not a, that's their background. You know, if they go home, that's where they're going. They're going to a little barbecue pit and there's dogs hanging in it. That's their background. But if they're sincere, he said, they're better than some so-called brahmana who has all these mantras and tantras and everything like that, but doesn't have that faith in Krishna. It's proven in that story about the wives of the brahmanas. They already had the spontaneous attraction for Krishna. So Prabhupada gives an example that, okay, so a man walks in with a huge bag of money and then says, who wants it? And so you have a choice. Take it or don't take it. So Krishna's walked in. He says, Sarvadharma Paritya You surrender to me. I'll just take care of everything for you. And so Prabhupada says, if an ordinary man offers you that, you might think, what's the catch? Gonna, there's a stick behind his back. He'll hit me when I try to take the bag. 
But with Krishna, that's not going to happen. He, it's just an open offer. It's like anybody, anywhere in the universe, and I don't care who you are, what you look like, or where you came from, if you take this and you say, okay, I surrender to Krishna. I'm doing it, and that's final, and I'm signing the thing, and I don't care what anybody says. And you're in. You could do it at any time. There's no, nothing to stop you uh, from, from doing it, except uh, it's our own hesitation. It's like, yeah, maybe I'll do it a little later. And then that can go on for a long time. So it's a happy day, a celebratory day when one decides that, yeah, this is it. I'm doing this. I'm just going to surrender to Krishna. Because then that person becomes free and happy. Haribo! Okay, we'll just take a couple more reflections. Prabhu? You very nicely reflected upon free will. Yes. We talked about free will and the modes of nature. So, in the conditioned life, people think they have more independence of free will, but. You said in conditioned life, people think they have free will, but they don't. Right? Yes, they're under the clutches of modes of material nature. Yeah. Right. But I have, this is one question, but I have a continuing question. Okay. So as one uh, purifies himself and becomes free from the modes of As one purifies oneself, becomes free from the modes of nature. So he, he becomes, uh, he has more free will, so he uses that free will to serve Krishna? He has more free will, so he uses it to serve Krishna. can use it to do something else. Yeah, so we always have volition. And when we're under the modes of material, well, actually, when, we're, when we misuse our, our, our free will, then there's a way in which we become entangled in the material nature. And I described a little bit of that process, like, for instance, with an addiction. You might even know it's the wrong thing to do, but you can't stop doing it. Then, of course, Deeper, deeper levels of that ignorance when we don't even know that we're in Maya. That I actually think I'm happy and that um, everything's fine. This is kind of a typical mindset. But yes, freedom means, first of all, uh, Krishna says knowledge means to come to this understanding that I'm not the body. He says, real knowledge means to see the difference between yourself and the field of activities that you're in. And also to know the knower in all fields, to become aware of that. So that's the beginning of knowledge. And then as uh, one actually is able to control one's senses by performing the process of devotional service, one starts to enjoy pleasure within. So Arjuna asks Krishna in the second chapter of the Gita, what is it like? What is somebody, what, what is somebody like who does that? And the first thing Krishna says is, prajahati yadakaman sarvan partamanogatan atman yevatmanatushta stita pragna stadochite. A stita pragna uh, is somebody fixed in consciousness. There's a lot of descriptions of that in the Gita. So Krishna says in this case, that's prajahati. He's able to withdraw his senses, uh, uh, even amidst uh, the material desires that are being manufactured by the mind. Because the mind's like a little factory. It keeps creating these ideas for enjoyment in the material world. You got lemon? How about lemon lime? Let's put them together. Let's put something else in it now. <laughs> Let's mix it all together and see. But the, this, this stita pragna is is not is able to withdraw from that because it has superior knowledge and understanding. And then he says, Atmanyevatmanatushta. First starts to enjoy happiness from within by observing his own consciousness. Stita pragnasta dochite. That person is said to be fixed in consciousness. He goes on with the description of um, how the person is like a tortoise, can bring its limbs within the shell at, in, at any time. And then in developing that theme Krishna talks about a person who has this full awareness 
that my body is moving by the force of material nature. And he says, Naiva kinchit kuru miti yukto manyeta tattvavit pashyan shinvan spishan jigran ashnan gachan shopanshasan pralapan vishrinan grinan unmishan nimishan napi indriyan indriyarteshu vartanta iti darayan that the, the person who's in divine consciousness, he says, is aware that although I'm sitting within a mechanical body, biomechanical machine, has some psychological aspect, um, he notices that uh, the, it's, it's receiving, it's giving, it's evacuating, it's drinking, it's opening and closing of the eyes, but I'm not doing that. I'm separate from that. I'm, I'm just observing that happening. And then in the free state, uh, the, the, the uh, bhakti yogi, then uh, in, as Mukta Shrit Prabhu was pointing out, this principle, it's not that, okay, now I just become shanti, shanti, shanti. In fact, I read today, Prabhupada says, devotees are not shanti because they have an ambition to serve Krishna. So then, remember, we read that on the way home from the airport. Remember? It was in the verse, Etan nirvidyavananam ichatamakotobayam, yoginam nirpanirditam, haranam anukirtanam. It's a settled fact that by chanting the holy name of the Lord, everybody can become successful. This is what Shukadeva is saying. Everybody, it's already, don't worry about it, he said. Everyone already decided, <laughs> all the acharyas, everybody. It's done. Do it. You know, it doesn't matter who you are. You can be a king, a plumber, whatever. You know, and you do this. And he said uh, in the, in the purport. What was the point I was just about to make? About ambition? Yeah, so he said the devotees are not shanti because they have ambition. They want to serve Krishna. Then he said they don't care whether they're in heaven or hell to do it. I mean, hell can be a, a pretty annoying place, actually. We have some experience of it here on earth, a little, little taste here and then. Sometimes in dreams you might see a little something. And so but a devotee, Narayana Praksarve Nakutashchana Bhibdhiti Swarga Pavarga Narakeshu Api Tulyarta Darshana. He sees it all as equal because it's all an opportunity to serve Krishna. So, yeah, he starts using his free will more and more. And he gets energy for that because he gets an order from Krishna through the Parampara and says, Isn't there like spiritual entrepreneurs? So I, I want to take this, I want to take it to the moon. Like uh, CEOs, a lot of people don't want to be CEOs because you got to work 24-7 as a CEO. Someone calls you at 2 o'clock in the morning and says, we got a problem in Hong Kong, boss. You know, we're going to lose $10 million if you don't decide right now. It's like, you, do you like that kind of lifestyle? <laughs> Devotees live like that all the time. Just keep a new Dwarka going, you know. It's like that constantly. Hey, Savas, guess what? The water main broke, you know? It's one in the morning. Who's going to fix it? Probably Savas or Ratna. <laughs> yeah, Ratna. Ratna's not in this world. He's in another world. He's, you know, because he's using, he already decided. He signed the little thing. He's put the check mark, says, yeah, I'm just going to serve Krishna and that's it. So there's a, there's, this is the, the life of the devotee. It's active cultivation of uh, devotional practice. So when we, when we don't have purified senses, we engage them anyway in Krishna's service. So when you engage your senses in Krishna's service, even before you're liberated and you've realized all these things, then by the nature of that activity, your senses gradually become purified. And as we described earlier, the mind, which is the sense within, also becomes purified. And then you become uh, gradually, step by step, freed to express your devotional service in various ways. And then devotees, of course, if they have a, a particular way they want to serve Krishna, then Krishna will accept that from the devotees. And in the liberated state, there's a way in which Krishna extends himself to the devotee. As the devotee goes through the various stages of devotional service, beginning with Adao Shraddha Tata Sadhu Sangata Bhajana Kriya, they're practicing, and then they go through a Nartha Nivriti, 
and then they're going through the, uh, they reach the plane of Ruchi and then Asakti. Around Asakti, then when they become very attached to Krishna, exclusively attached. Like you see people play the violin, they don't care about anything else but the violin. Have you ever met anybody like that? That's their life. It's 10 hours a day practice violin. That's Asakti. It's like, what do you do? This. This is, this is my life, Krishna, only. Krishna, comma, only. So that's Asakti. And in these advanced stages, Krishna extends himself to the devotee in a way to put into his mind a particular kind of way to serve him. And the devotee feels, says Rupa Goswami, that this is my idea. I want to serve Krishna in a particular way. Krishna wants him to serve in a particular way. And then there's this sort of mutual effect, Krishna um, extending himself to the devotee and the devotee's uh, will to serve Krishna in, a, in more and more specific ways grows. And then that manifests in, in, uh, in the devotee admiring and becoming attached to uh, devotees who are already uh, eternally liberated. So in the Upadeshamrita, Tanama Rupa Charitari Sikirtananu Smritiokramenu Rasanamanasini Yoja Tishtam Vrajetanana Ragi Jananugami Kalam Nayedakilam Vitubadesha Saram Rupa Goswami says this is the essence of all advice, bhakti, when you take to the process and especially emphasized is the hearing and chanting. And when that is well-established and, and when hears a chance intensely for a long time, there's a way as described here and serving him in, in other ways, the devotee starts to become attracted to hearing in a specific way. It shouldn't be imitated or done prematurely, but it's a fact that the devotee becomes attracted. He'll see a, a particular devotee like Yashoda or um, Subal or um, one of the devotees who's uh, serving Krishna in Madhurya Ras. And that's like they become uh, vitally attracted to, to that person and their mode of service. And this is, again, it doesn't happen, it happens in a liberated state or in the almost perfect state, that one starts to develop these kinds of connections. And then one's endeavor is as much as we see people, again, using this example, that become, people become obsessed with working in a particular way in the material world. So the devotee also becomes obsessed in a certain way, spiritually, with serving Krishna in a particular way, following in the footsteps of an eternal associated Krishna in the spiritual world. So, um, and then follows, you know, that path. This is called Raghanuga Bhakti. And so that in the liberated state, yes, the devotee also in that, it's important to point out the devotee follows very strictly the rules and regulations externally, but internally the cultivation goes on of, uh, you know, aspiring to serve in a particular way in, uh, under the protection of a particular parishad or eternal devotee of the Lord. Okay, I don't know if that microphone's working, but it has a lot of blinking lights on it, so it's kind of cool. <laughs> it's like the Wizard of Oz or something, you know. <laughs> okay, we'll, we'll take one more. Yes, Prabhu. Hare Krishna. Hare Krishna. Krishna. Ekacha. Ekacha Pran. This is my first time here at the LA Temple. Haribo! Thank you. So I'm just wondering, what about this community, this Sangha, this temple, do you appreciate? Well, I have a lot of memories here of Los Angeles. I mean, the first time I came down here from San Francisco, I was on traveling Sankirtan with Banabhata Prabhu. And we came down here because um, we wanted to uh, get some association. And I noticed that everything was done on a grand scale here. We were part of the San Francisco temple, but I. All the festivals were very mind-blowingly huge in New Dwarka. It was very opulent here, and there were a lot of devotees. By the time I got here, the whole BBT was here. Uh, Prabhupada had moved the BBT from uh, New York to here, 
so everybody lived here. And you had all these really great kirtan, kirtaniyas that uh, just flowed into, into um, New Dwarka. And then, so there were huge festivals, great kirtans. One thing I do remember as a, as a brahmachari coming here for uh, Janmashtami, there was a huge cake. Was that on Janmashtami? A cake that had to bring in with a tractor. <laughs> That's in Dwarka. Forklift, forklift, yeah. Forklift and, um, you know, things like that. And then, you know, Prabhupada spent a lot of time here. He's, you know, he, um, he wrote up in his room, he gave instructions from the Vyasasana, and in his room he instructed. And if you get a chance, if it's open, you go into Prabhupada's room and sit there. Then, of course, I met Nirakula here, so that was good for me. That was the beginning of her, you know, long, I don't know what to call it, difficult path, but, but for me it was fortunate. So I have a lot of good, good individual memories here that in aggregate, it's, you know, it's a home, place that feels like home. And uh, Rukmini Dorkadish are, are just famous everywhere. I know driving from Vrindavan back to Delhi, you know, see a huge billboard, somebody probably illegally using the images, but, you know, for, for whatever they want to advertise. Rukmini Dorkadish, because, like, who else would you put up there? <laughs> you know? Success potency is here in New Dorka. How are you all doing? Oh, good. Nice. It's a good place to be, you know? Like somebody says, would you rather be a king or a servant of the king? And the answer is better to be the servant of the king because you get all the same facilities as the king. You don't have to worry about it so much. <laughs> being the king is a hard gig. Uh, but being the servant of the king is really nice. Like, if something goes wrong, it's like, oh, too bad. But... <laughs> so we're like that, you know? You said assistant, and that's a nice place to be. You just, like, be a part of it. Be a part of wherever you can serve, whatever you can do to add your enthusiasm to Lord Chaitanya's movement and he reciprocates with everybody who does that and you know there's no limit to how much you, how much service you can do because Chaitanya Mahaprabhu will give you unlimited facility and Krishna says in the Gita Ananyas Chintayantamam Yejana Paripasate Tesham Nityadyuktanam Yoga Kshema Mahamyaham he said if you the more you just Put your mind in me, your faith in me, your, your service in me. Ananya shintaya. Don't think, it really means like just think about serving me. You can make that your main thing, just give full permission. Then he says, I'll carry what you lack, I'll preserve what you have. And it's really true. I was just talking to, um, you know, Savas, and he was saying how it's kind of amazing. This pandemic came, the restaurant was closed, the gift shop was closed. And he said, Still, there's plenty of money. I don't know if I was supposed to say that or not. <laughs> <laughs> don't tell them that. Uh, but, you know, the Lakshmi kept pouring in. It's like, there, how is it happening? And for those whose lives are dedicated to Krishna, they know that these, these things come. Uh, of course, it's not to say that, you know, devotees don't sometimes have hardships and uh, go through various things, but there's a way in which even those things, in the long run, they end up being some of the most important and uh, learning experiences that devotees have that strengthen them. Because Krishna's per expert, perfect, and complete and whole, and he's the one who really cares about us. Not only is he the one who really cares about us, but he's also the one that can do something about it. Other people, not so much. They might have a little sympathy, but they can't really help. Well, yes, okay. So thank you very much, everybody. And thank you, Naveena Prabhu. Good to see you. And thanks for coming from everywhere. Let's do it again really soon. Keep up the great work.
Dear Srila Prabhupada, dear Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, Shishi Gornitai, Shishi Rukmini Dorkadesh, Jagannath Baladev Subhadraji. If you so desire, please empower us in our devotional services so that we can fully give our hearts and minds to you and always think of you and expand the Sankirtan movement as your assistance. Thank you for considering our quest. Everyone who believes in this prayer in part or in whole, please say Hare Krishna. Hare Hare Krishna! 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 Hare